Yes, people. Ha ha. You know what it is. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my cellar missing. Woo! To the scene with my cellar missing. Hey, it's time for the new episode of Echo Chamber. And um, yeah, this week, it's a free part. That's right, free part. But we start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 29th to the 31st of October. All right, so people, at number 10, we have Wes Anderson's new piece, The French Dispatch, with Timothy Chalamet, you know what I mean? Leah Sado, Bill Murray, um, Siona Ronan, Adrian Bodhi, William Dafoe, Elizabeth Moss, Christopher Waltz, and a whole host of other people. At number nine, it's Ron's Gone Wrong from directors Sarah Smith, Jean-Philippe Vine, and Octavio O.E. Rodriguez. Both films we covered during the recent 65th BFI London Film Festival, people. So go to those episodes for the reviews, which means at number eight, I cannot count. At number eight, it's last night in Soho, another London Film Festival joint. This is the new Edgar Wright film starring Anna Taylor Joy and Tamsin McKenzie. With turns from Diana Rigg, Matt Smith, Terence Stamp, Elizabeth Barrington, you know I mean? and a host host of other talents. Which means at number seven, ooh, it's a new entry to the franchise. David Gordon Green behind the camera. It's Halloween Kills. Ooh. That's, is that Jason or is that Michael Myers? It's one of those cats, right? Um, I, I, I feel. Um, which means at number six, at number six, it's uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Supposedly the 20th anniversary of that. Hmm. Um, at number five, we've got the Boss Baby 2 Family Business. So um, Tom McGrath, he directs. And we have got um, voice from Alec Baldwin, James Marsden, Amy Sedaris, hearing Jeff Goldblum, and some other cats up in the piece. At number four, people, it's another sequel. It's The Adams Family 2 from uh, Greg Terman and Conrad Venom. Oscar Isaac, Charlie Farron, Chloe Grace Moratz, Javon Walton, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, Bette Milder, 
Hey, they've all got their voices in the piece. All right. Which then means, people, at number three, I think it was three last week, is Venom Let There Be Carnage. And this one is directed by Andy Serkis. Tom Hardy is back as Eddie Brock. Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. I mean, Michelle Williams as Anne Worthing. Naomi Harris is in there. Reed Scott. Yeah, people. You know? Um, number two. At number two. Started at number one. Last week it was at two. And it's still kicking ass, though. It's Denny Villeneuve's remake of Frank Herbert's classic novel it's june part one and um hey back is timothy chalamont his second film in the chart rebecca ferguson zenady right zenady 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 yeah she's in it oscar isaac again jason momoa stefan starsgard i mean stephanie mckenzie henderson josh brolin Javier Vardim, Sharon Duncan Brewster, Chen Chang, Dave Batista. Woo! Cast is heavy. And we spoke about it last week in our June special. At number one, people. Still doing his thing. And I guess it's fitting as is Daniel Craig's outing as Mr. Bond. It's no time to die. From Corey Yu Parmosia, right? Anna de Amas, um, Leah Sadu again, right? Ralph Fiennes, Remy Malik. Christopher Waltz, another film in there. Ben Wilshaw, Naomi Harris, another one. Jeffrey Wright, La Latasha Lynch. I mean, another fat ass cast. Oh, but yeah, that is the top ten in the UK, right now. Are you ready? In part one, we got two. All right, so I think it's time to get into it. All right, buckle up, people. Let's go. Okay, people, should we get into our first film? All right, let's go take a look at. Hey, so, um, deep, right? It's a new Thai film that's hit Netflix. Which, you know, I mean, I, I do like the fact that the, the, the Netflix library has really branched out, right? And we're getting films and TV shows and the whatnot, literally from all over the world, right? Which does give you a different insight and look at stuff. And it just offers people, you know, well, it offers viewers, you know, what I mean, more opportunity to um, expand, right? And it also offers creatives, hey, just more opportunity to put their ideas out into the world, right? Now, not all those ideas are gonna hit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, Deep, it's this new Thai film. And I have to say, right, 
after finding out about the production, it does make a bit more sense, right? So it's actually a film that it seems came out of a, I think it was maybe a school project because a group of students at Bangkok University made it through financing from transformation films, right? So I don't know if it was a transformation film project, pro, project right? Or, um, you know what I mean? Maybe they, they were on a film course and the university teamed up with transformation films, something like that. But yeah, it was a, a team. And so you had um, five directors and six writers, you know what I mean? Which, whew, that's a lot of cooks up in that kitchen, you know? And um, yeah, also, I, like, I'd be interested to know the ages. And that's not a, it's not a slight, right? But I think it, it comes to nuance in storytelling and ideas and things like that which I think some things come with age, right, and experience, you know? Uh, so it was directed, and I will butcher all of these names, because Thai names are not the easiest, right? But uh, Sita Lik Havanchikul, Jetarin Ratansakat, Apricat Samad Kidspan Fandabdi Uwaya and Adric Watalia. They all directed the piece. And, um, you know, three um, of them co wrote. Right, so Sita, Jitarian, and Aparak, along with uh, Kitat Nuk Najam, um, Wist Sasatang, and oh, and Fanabdu, um, Fanadi also co wrote. Right, so. I mean, I think that does help, right? Having um, some of the directors right. So, you know, I mean, it helps maintain that vision, right? So we had, you know, four of the directors writing, just with two other people up involved. Uh, our cast. All right, well. We have got Jane, who is played by Panizara Rukusalrakan. Uh, Win. Oh, well, actually, let's say June. Um, Jane's sister. She is played by Wa Warisara Chitpriduskal. Uh, we then have Wynn, who's played by K. Lertushikiai. 
Sin, who is played by um, Supani Suta Vatong, and Peach, who's played by Crit Jirapafana Wong. All right, we've got um, Professor Nietzsche, who's played by Duj Da Vand Hanapakon. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I think I've butchered enough. <laughs> I think I've butchered enough. Right, and they're our main characters anyway, people. Okay, so um, the gist of the film four insomniac med school students are lured into a neuroscience experiment that spirals out of control and must and must find a way out before it's too late. Right, so that's essentially the gist now. We, you know, I think we're kind of introduced, first off, through Jane, right? She seems to take the anchor of the film, right? And, you know, straight away, we we have her, you know, we see her caring for her gran. You know, she's cooking. She's doing a lot, as well as studying in school, right? She has a, I, well... We don't, at first, it's hard to tell, is it a sister, is it a roommate, who knows, right? But there's a girl, she opens the door, there's a girl, she comes in, ignores her, you know, she tries to talk to her, doesn't get anything. You know, we then see that the bills are piling up, so they're in a situation, right? She goes to see her, you know, her lecturer, right? And her lecturer is just like, um, hey, you know, you, what's going on, man? You know, having that heart to heart and it's just like, oh, well, you know, I'm studying. I need money. Everything's getting a bit crazy. And then, you know, she offers her this trial. She's like, oh, you should do this trial. Right. So, um, yeah, she she enrolls. Well, she goes and they tell her, hey, you can make uh, this amount of bank, right? And it's a lot of money. I think it's 50,000 bait at first. And um, yeah, it's a lot of money, right? Even with the trend, um, transformation, translation, trans, what do you call that shit? God damn it. Translation? It's not translation. It's transversion. Transportation. Shit. Well, the exchange, I could just say exchange rate, couldn't I? Yeah, let's just say exchange rate. Even with the exchange rate, it's still a few foul. You know what I mean? Regardless if it's pounds or dollars. Which, hey, if you're broke and you're a kid, it's nothing to sneeze at. You know, they're at university, so it's hard to tell. I'm assuming these kids are, you know, 16, 17, between 16 and 18, let's say. I'm assuming, right? 
And um, yeah, so you know, she decides to do it, and um, you know, then oh, uh, that is a crazy thing. Like after it's done, then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, these are the side effects. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't fall asleep because you could die, right? Which you're just kind of feeling. Surely, right? Surely you're getting that shit first. And then they're also told you can't tell anyone about this, right? So it's odd that no one seemed to want to know any information before agreeing, right? It's just, yeah, it's this amount of money. And you have to think, right? If someone's offering you a silly amount of cash, there's a reason. You know what I mean? There is a distinct reason into why that's happening. You're not getting given money for nothing, right? Because <laughs> the kicks ain't free, people. Kicks ain't free. Yeah, of course I had to do that shit, you know. But, um, yeah. But, right, you have to wear this watch ring, right, to help track. Because they put a chip in the back of the neck. The watch tracks it. It's like wearables, <laughs> just the next level, you know. Uh, but the, you know, it's a watch. It's a very distinctive watch. So obviously, right? It's oh, you can't tell anyone. But if it, all they need to do is look at wrists and be like, oh, you're doing this shit like me, right? So slowly, you know, four of them get together because Win, well, Win approaches Jane. And then he's like, yeah, and blah, blah, blah on it too, right? So then they kind of get together, form this thing. And obviously with these things, right, the first time it's easy, but then it gets harder and harder. And that's when they get into this trouble. But like the idea isn't that bad. It's not a bad idea, but... I think for it to fully work, you need to be able to, you know, look at this and go, oh, I understand, man. Right, yeah, you've got no other hope but to do this thing. But we don't really, we don't, we don't really see that, right? There's not really a reason for the others to do it. Not that we're really given, you know. Sin, she's got rich parents, right? Doesn't want to be in med school, but wants to do comms, but she wants to be a social media style, which you know, is like a comms degree isn't going to help you be a social media star, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't fully make any sense, but hey ho, you've got Peach, who's a gamer. Who's rich? You know? So, and Wynn is just that he's a party animal, supposed, right? So, the, the roles, right, the archetypes they've created for these characters are pretty generic, right? Which, again, mm, who cares? But in, in creating these characters, you need to give the audience, the viewer, like a reason to emphasize, but you don't really have it. Even with Jane, 
right? It's just, well, how did the house, like, how did you get into so much debt, right? It's obviously it's house bills and stuff. It's not like she's running up credit cards, but your grand's mad old. So it's not like she just suddenly became mad old. You sh- you would have had a track on those bills a long time. So you'd have seen it get to that stage, right? So there's no explanation on that. Also, there's no explanation on kind of like, why is, what in June, essentially, we find out is her sister, right? But why isn't the sister acknowledging anything like this? Because you kind of look at it and it seems that June isn't that much younger than Jane. So she would have had an understanding on how broke they are, right? Even as a kid, I realized, you know what I mean? As a little kid, I realized, yo, we weren't rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? We didn't have a lot of money. So I just never really asked for shit, right? Because I think you can work that out, right? Now, you could just be kind of, you know, a little selfish, a little all about me, which, you know, some regards a kid is, you know, you understand it, right? But I think it's when you're building characters, you have to decide, like, what's this character, right? What a what are their emotional traits? You know, what's that kind of thing? And they didn't really do that with June, yeah, or Jane. So we had them do this thing, but they struggled the first time, even though it is a little easier, they struggled the first time, but then they re-up, right? And you're just like, what? what's going, like, why? You know, like, what are you doing? And we see them, we, we you, you know, we see them out and about doing their lives and all of this. Firstly, right, if you have to stay up, I don't think you're drinking alcohol. You know what I mean? I don't think you're drinking a lot of alcohol because that's going to put you asleep. You mean that's gonna put you asleep? Like there was nothing with these motherfuckers like drinking coffee or just energy drinks. You kind of, kind of thought, right? All right, they they'd be trying to get that caffeine rush. Also, we know it's a thing, right? You have treadmill desks. Hey, you just think, all right, maybe they try and work that out. So if they're doing their uni work, they do uni work, work in a treadmill, which again is going to help those scores go up. Or at least go gym, right? Go run, sign. But we don't see that, right? We, we, we see them do like just silly things. You know, when it's just like, ah, oh, I've got an idea. But it's them jumping in a pool, not swimming, just jumping in. Right? That isn't enough. Like, it's not enough. What are you doing? But all of this kind of thing goes down, right? And listen, the plot goes on, but they try to throw in these twists, right? There's something with June. But here's the thing. You have, you're playing her in one way. But then you get her to do this thing. Get her to do this thing, 
which you think is a is fine, but not from the character you've created. The character you've created, you don't believe that she's going to do this thing, right? So there is that, right? The other thing is this this big thing happens, but. June has already done it before this big thing happens. So it's not like, oh, you did it because of this? No. So you're kind of like, what? You mean, like, you kind of think there had been so many, probably so many opportunities for her to help, but she didn't. And now all of a sudden you're giving, making her do this thing. So it's just like, I don't really play. It doesn't really play. And the film, it does kind of meander. They try and throw in a lot of romance and all of these kind of plot twists and these weird sort of things. You know, if you've got a creepy room in your house, you'd lock that room. <laughs> You know what I mean? So there's all these, these weird things. They try and throw in this situation with Wynn and his dad, right? But it, it doesn't really work. And now you've done this thing, but you haven't given us enough. So it still isn't really adding a lot of depth to your characters, right? Now, in, at, the, at the very end, they really want to throw in a few twists, right? Really piled a twist in at the end, but not really huge twists. Not really huge twists, because you've got to think about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, certain things aren't getting offered without someone knowing what the fuck they be, right? Especially when you look at you know, the situation. So that's not really a huge twist. It's not really a huge twist, you know? Plus, like, there's an offer made. This offer that's meant to be this offer of help. But it's just like, hold on. We've saw you about halfway through realize that you need to do shit for this to work. So why would you then go to this spot at the end? Don't make any sense. Don't make any sense. You then get another reveal about the reason. And then all of a sudden, boom, something else crazy goes down. You're like, but why would you do that thing? Right? Like it just all got mad convoluted at the end. And I do kind of think, and this is what I said at the start, right? Once you realize how the film was made, kind of makes sense. Because you got five directors, six writers. So, yeah, shit going to get a little muddled, you know, a little convoluted. And that's what it feels. Everyone's been throwing ideas out there and be like, let's do this. Ah, let's do that. Boom, boom, boom. And, and this is what you get. Now, what I feel is deep, it is probably going to work for a younger viewer, right? And it's not scary. It's not scary or anything like that. So you could probably give this 
to like a 12-year-old, I imagine, maybe even a 10-year-old, right? And I think they would be like, oh, this is crazy. You know what I mean? I think it could work for them. I mean, for an older audience, it, it probably probably won't work as well. I was not going to say that all the older audience is going to be like, yeah, I'd rather call it shallow than deep. Boom, boom. But, you know, I think on a whole, it, it doesn't really resonate as well with an older audience just because the nuance of the story. And when you kind of look at this topic, we've already had some very good films that follow a kind of a similar thing, right? Now, I think the one that jumps out the most, Flatliners, kid, especially because it's med students fucking around. It's kind of, it's, it's not necessarily beat for beat plot-wise, but it's on, along a similar line, right? And that was dope. I've never seen that new version they did, but that, you know, the original with Kiefer Sutherland, was Emilio Estevez in it? I want to say he was, but, you know, Kiefer was definitely, that was great. That was a great one. So you had that. A few years ago, Netflix, Bird Box. Yeah, and that was a whole, I think, was it People Couldn't Sleep or something, something? But there was that. And then I feel it was early this year, and we definitely talked about it, but there's another Netflix joint called Awake, right? With, uh, I feel it was um, Rodriguez, surely from Jane the Virgin, right? Boom. And you had that. And I think those stories, they were kind of more nuanced, right? They they just had more meat on the bone. So, I, you know, I do feel there's an audience for this. And as I said, look, I feel it's probably the younger crowd, you know? But, uh, yeah, you know, I think if you are, hmm, I think if you're mad into your kind of, Asian dramas, right, K-pop, all of that thing, then maybe as well, it, it might resonate with you, because you're familiar with that form of storytelling, you know, but, hey, it's on Netflix, so you can dip your toe in, see if you like it, you know, you have to ask yourself, will you be able to swim, or are those waters real shallow, who knows, it's deep, baby, it's okay people so now our last film in part one it is another netflix joint and it is a love hard okay people so we have hit november but as what usually happens, the Christmas films started coming. The Christmas films started coming. Oh, it is usually the bane of my life. I, I, I mean, there's been a few decent ones, but on the whole, 
they can be pretty awful. But, but, I always try and keep an open mind, right? Because, you know, I, 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 I think the thing with a rom-com, right, is you're always open for people being happy, right? So seeing that story, right, it's like the hero's journey. It's something that does compel you, right? You do think to yourself, oh, I hope this is a good one. Right, sell me, like bring me into this. You want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy it. But if that story doesn't hold up, then you're gone. You are gone. But okay, so we have a new entry to the Christmas rom-com. And that is a love hard. It's a new Netflix film, and it's from director Harain Jimenez, written by Danny Mackey and Rebecca Ewing. It's produced by McGee and Mary Viola. Cinematography is Shane Herbert. And the music is Mark Orton. Um, yeah, just hit Netflix just this last uh, Friday, you know, last week. So, yeah, pretty new, pretty new. And, you know, I'd kind of forgotten about it, right? But then... I've realized, oh, I remember this. I remember hearing about this one, right? Because it was sold as um, like a modern when Harry met Sally type of affair. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember when they were talking about it. It's like, okay, so it's going to be like Harry met Sally. Me, you got mail, you know, I mean, with that modern spin on it, right? And like, I don't know, I like, you know, what I mean, when you're when you're describing a film and you're throwing all those things out there, you're like, oh, is this gonna be all right, or is this gonna be a bit of a, uh, you know, a mishy mashy? But um, yeah, you as I said, look, you, you keep an open mind right oh i think it was like when when harry met sally meets roxanne right that that was one of the other things they said so our cast right we've got nina dobrev who plays a natalie 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 buer um and do, 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 do. Her boss is Lee, and he is played by Matty Finocchi, Finocchio, Finocchio, right? So, um, she, yeah, all right, let's just go. She, there's Josh, Josh Lin, who's played by Jimmy O. Yang, right? Who I didn't know had got into movies. I just know him as a stand-up. Um, so then you've got his dad, Bob Lin, 
played by James Satio. His mum, Chelsea, no, his mum is Barb Lynn, played by Rebecca Sab. He's got a brother, Owen Lynn, played by Harry Shum Jr. Harry's, Owen's wife, Chelsea, she is played by Michaela Hoover. And his grandma, June, who is played by Afia K. Right. We then have um, Natalie's best friend, Kerry, played by Heather McMahon. And then there is Tag. Tag. Played by Darren Barnett. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's the cast. Now, the gist of the film is this. Natalie Boyer, a dating column writer based in Los Angeles, falls in love with a man named Josh Lynn on a dating app and travels to his East Coast hometown to surprise him for Christmas. However, she discovers that she has been catfished and Josh is really a nerdy man. The, the name was right, right? Her crush, who turns out to be Tag Abbott, actually does live in the same town, and Josh offers to set them up if she pretends to be his girlfriend for the holidays. So um, that's the gist, right? Which... I mean, straight out the gate, people. You 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 look at that plot and you'd be like, okay, right. I think I see where the hilarity will come from. Right? You can see the situations that are going to just breed confusion, awkwardness, and um yeah, hopefully laughs if the, you know, if it goes over, right? You see that. Now, I, I I think, look, as a film, right, and as a film of this genre, it's not the worst, right? I say it's not the worst, and I will say, there are some, there are some nice moments, like it hits the beats, definitely hits the beats. So I think if this is your type of thing, then you will enjoy this film, right? I, I, I think that's it. Like the acting is all decent, right? Those, those emotional bits and, you know, the, the feeling, the sentiment. You do believe the actors and actresses, right? Every, everyone doesn't do a bad job. Like everyone, that sentence was just awful. <laughs> so everyone does a decent job. You know, you definitely feel um, Josh's pain, right? You know, Jimmy O. Young does a very good job of that, right? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Nina... I you you can see her as Natalie, right? The the family 
at the scene stealers. You know, James Sado, um, Rebecca Stab, Afia Kay. Like, they kill it. And then, you know, his brother, played by Harry Shroom, and Michaela Hoover as his brother's wife. Yeah, they they all, boom. They, they really do steal this film, right? The, the problem is, for me, that they, it, it seemed the film really wanted to, I don't know, walk this weird line of being like, yeah, we're, we're down. We are down. So it's throwing in so many cliches. Like, so many cliches. I don't know if they just Google searched for um, Christmas cliches and just round them all up. You read our rom-com cliches and just put them all in a hat and just pick shit out, right? Because you have this girl. So it opens up and we've got Natalie. You know, we're seeing her on dates and swiping and then you know she's kind of narrating this whole thing like hey I'm I'm eternally looking for love but I, I just can't find it and I'm having bad dates but I've been able to parlay that into a job and you'd be like yeah because that always happens <laughs> right at a successful job because yeah that always happens, right? If it was maybe her just, you know, like doing a podcast or her Instagram, right? Her Twitter, doing something like that. I think that in itself is more believable, right? But then going, oh, she's a top journalist. You're a bit like, oh, really, really? okay, <laughs> right, and not to say she couldn't be a top journalist, but going, oh, I became a top journalist because I've had bad dates, that's the thing which makes you roll your eyes, right, and look, there are bad dates, but then when some of the things that she throws out there, like, oh, this guy smiled too much, Oh, this guy, like the 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 little thing she's pointing at, and be like, oh, so he was horrible. He was horrible. He was horrible. You know, like, well, they're not really things. Now they do try, and you know, tag that at the end. But I'm just like, I think if at the beginning they really sell it like she's honestly just having a bad, like, a actual bad time, you know, they showed her being ghosted, but, you know, like, the bad dates at the beginning, they don't really feel like bad dates, and it just, you, it doesn't sell it, right, so you think, oh, man, this, this woman is just crazy picky, right, which is fine, but if, then the the conversation has to change, right? If it opened up and be like, man, I've been on so many dates, but I don't know what it is. I always seem to find some way to not enjoy it, 
right? Boom. Hey, you can you you can emphasize with that, right? But to be like, oh, every day is just bad. Oh, and then just give the reasons, you just be like, eh, eh. You know what I mean? Right? I, I just think, boom, tweak that bit. But we then have her match with Josh, right? Match with Josh. But, right, so this is the thing. She's, we see her go through people's profiles and be like, ugh, I mean, that is just terrible. Oh, that's a terrible, and read out things people have written and be like, oh, that's rubbish. But then when she reads Josh's profile, which again, cliched like a motherfucker, she's like, oh my God. Oh my God. You'd be like, wait, 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 I don't see what the difference is. Right? If you're pointing out cliches, then surely you do that with that one. Right? Because it, it, the copy isn't good, right? If it was like, it felt natural, you'd be like, okay, yeah, 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 I buy that, right? But then they start conversating and just all of this, right? And you have playful things like, hey, I can't believe you haven't sent me a dick pic yet. Right, or it was like, I'm so relieved. You know, she wasn't asking, he was like, well, I was so relieved you haven't sent me a dick pic there. And then, you know, he sends something, but it's not what you think. And you're like, ha, 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 right? They do all of that kind of thing. But here is where they really get just like, oh, what are you doing? Right, because they're talking about movies they like. And he says, love, actually. And she says, you know what it is, right? Die Hard. And throughout the film is this, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And it's just such a played out thing. Such a played out thing. And it's just, it's irritating, right? You, you often get those just irritating people and you're having a conversation about films and they'll be like, oh, well, <laughs> oh, you think a wonderful life? Well, how about this? I'm throwing out a left field. My favorite Christmas film is Die Hard. Oh yes, I see, I see. You don't think Die Hard is a, oh, 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 on contrary. Let me point out all the things that make it a Christmas movie. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Right? It's boring. It is boring. Look, I'm not saying you can't enjoy Die Hard. I enjoy Die Hard. I thought, hey, it's a decent action film. It's not bad. It's not bad. Right? But I have no need to try and force a narrative that it is a Christmas movie. I honestly don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that you could be like, you know, oh, that could be this type of movie. Or that could be, you know, you hear people go, oh, Jaws isn't really about a shark killing people. It's a metaphor for blah, 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 blah. And we're like, okay, if that's what you want to feel, that's cool. 
You know, I enjoy it because of these reasons, and that's all. That's all. I I don't need you to try and sell me on this other shit, right? But that's the start of it, you know? And there is just this stuff forced in, right? So they're talking, and he just, and they're like, oh, I can't believe, like, you know, they spend the night talking on the phone, and she re- he reads to her, and all of this kind of thing. Now, I I thought, right, the unlimited calls and unlimited minutes and all of that thing was a universal thing. There's a moment, like, after, you know, they've been talking all night, he's like, oh, I should have taken this plan. I'm like, huh, I just thought unlimited calls is just a universal thing, right? I don't know. That, that's not really a thing, right? That was just a by the by. Right, but he throws. He's like, she's like, I love talking. He's like, I did too. He's like, we've known each other for ages. Now we don't really get a proper time frame on how long they've been talking. There is that, right? Which I kind of feel would have been good. But he's like, oh man, I just wish, kind of wish you were here with me for Christmas, right? It doesn't come stay with me for Christmas, it, you know, it was just a, ah, you know, might be crazy, but hey, it would be nice to spend Christmas together, but it's like, listen, you understand what Christmas is for some people, right, they spend it with their family, sometimes they go away, so the fact that she then flies out is insane, right, that's just fucking crazy, because it's just like, all right, firstly, you want to give someone a, a clue so they can at least prepare, right, and, and whether that be buy enough food, get drinks in, you know, things you know that your partner likes, right, there's all of that, but there's also maybe cleaning the place, you know, putting up decorations if that's the thing, or making arrangements with the family, being like, oh, actually, my girl's coming for Christmas, or, oh, I'm not going to go to blah, 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 because I'm going to stay here with my, right? There's different things. So for someone just to turn up at Christmas, if it was just a random weekend, you'd be like, all right, cool. But when you don't know someone's plans, that's insane right, that in itself is insane, so there's a thing, right, and and you want to talk about catfishing and all that, yeah, 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 but you have to point out the other crazy shit, (laughs) and that is one that isn't really mentioned, right, that's not mentioned much, I think he says at one point, you turned up out of nowhere, and she's like, Oh, but you can't push me. Right, so we have all of that. Now, the other things is obviously her best friend Kerry is a larger girl, right? And you just be like, Why do they always do that? Right? Why do they now? I mean, there's the odd film that doesn't, 
right? But it does seem to be a requisite, you know, the best friend is slightly overweight, right? You've got the jovial best friend who's overweight. And you'd be like, eh, like, why does it always have to be that? It, it just seems played out, right? Especially when you have in this film the whole, let's remember a few, gosh, I'm going to say, I was going to say a few years ago, but it could have been a decade ago. <laughs> but time, like, I'm all like, I have no clue. I have no fucking clue, right? There's things that I thought happened just last year, and it was like five years ago, right? So, yeah, I don't say it was just a few years ago. I'm going to say that. He's, fuck it. You, you know, right? But there was that whole baby, it's cold outside. And then it was just like, we can't play this song. We can't play this song because it is rapey. And you'd be like, what are we doing? Right? What are we doing? Because if you're then calling out that song, there are a whole, a whole heap of songs that you then have to not play. Right? There's a whole heap of films. Like, most comedies in the 80s have like scenes of people either spying on girls getting changed, right? Something with like girls doing to some something to dudes to hurt their dicks. Like there's all of this, you know, talking about, oh yeah, I had sex with her and then she woke up. <laughs> you know, I mean there's all of that. So there's a whole heap of it. Like you have to be consistent. But there was that whole big thing, and they changed the lyrics, and just the song sounds shit, right? To be honest, I don't really care, because I hate Christmas songs. So it's not like I'm playing this shit, but it was just a thing. I remember the thing. And obviously, this film makes a big deal out of it. Like, the song comes on on the radio, and she's just like, Ugh. He's like, what? It's a Christmas song. Hey, my family love Christmas. We like this song. And she's like, no, it's such a rapey thing. And, and like, says it a few times throughout the film, right? And there's a point when they sing the song, but he's just like, don't worry. I'll change the lyrics. And it's just, it feels so forced right? It feels so forced. I'm just like, if they could have just removed some of these things, some of the falseness out of the film, it would have played better, right? Would have played better. Now, listen, I, look, I'm not going back on what I said, because, you know, Grandma June is part of the, the you know, the Limp family, and they kill it, right? But they do do that cliche thing with her, with her being mad inappropriate, right? So she's just like, oh, I want to try online dating, because I want to get me some, you know, it's just all shit like that, and you're like, oh, I mean, come on, man, 
like how many films do we watch and the grandparents are like, you know, I want dick and I want it now. And you're just like, okay, okay. And there's a lot of acting like, oh, I didn't know that was wrong. You know what I mean? Because Josh is 30, right? He's 30. So then the whole, you know, like these moments, right? The sentimental moments of, I didn't realize that me putting out fake pictures of my profile would actually hurt someone. I'm just looking for love. And you're like, ugh, be like you're a 30 year old motherfucker, right? You are a 30 year old. Now, it's like, you, you, you've seen, you would have seen that maybe you don't watch it, but you would know MTV had that show Catfish. Was it MTV? It was someone that had that Catfish show, right? And just, it's something that gets talked about so much, right? Like, even these dating websites and apps, they have, they always now throw up, like, guidelines and blah, 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 and all of this. So to act like, oh, I didn't realize, be like, eh, come on, man. Like, you can't say that. Can't say that. Like, you could say something else, right? And he makes it, the other excuse he throws up is, oh, Asian guys don't get much love on dating web websites. And you're like, mm, well, really? Because there's a lot of, you know, Asian people in relationships. So to be like, oh, they don't get money. You're like, ah, oh, come on, man. Come on, man. You mean just be like, oh, I just don't feel comp. I don't feel confident. I, you know what I mean? I've tried making myself over and it just never works. There could be that. And then you could have had a whole, like, you know, montage of him with different styles, like mohawks and dyed hair and just all of this kind of thing, right? You could have gone that route, but they didn't. They they went this, ugh, just this woke fucking route, right? Asian hate and just, just like, yeah, come on, come on. You are ruining the film by bogging it down with this bullshit that feels like you have shoehorned it in, right? That's, I think that's the thing that really hurts this film, in my opinion. Now, obviously, obviously, you know, everyone's not going to feel like that. But yeah, that seemed to be a big issue with this. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, they, you, you know, it's it's a situation that it, it, so many holes in it. So many holes in disastrous, disastrous. But, yeah, you, I, I get, oh, the other thing is, right, Farouk. It's, oh, Farouk's a misogynist and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what are we, what are we doing? Right, what are we doing? It's crazy. Now, there's things like Ender's Game. I think Ender's Game is a great book. Orson Scott Card 
has some like out there opinions on certain things, right? I, I believe, if I remember right, he doesn't believe in gay marriage. You know, it, it's stuff like that, which I just think, ah, awesome. Come on, man. Get with the fucking time. Stop being an asshole. But I still enjoy that book, right? I, I can look at that book as being something because if we really, right, went into the opinions of everyone whose work you consume, there's a lot of work you're going to be like, mm, can't do that anymore, right? So just to be like, Farouk's an asshole, right? You, you might think he's misogynistic, right? But then does that mean his writing is still bad, right? I think you, you can go, all right, I think he's an ass, but yeah, no, that was a good book. You could do that. But we have this thing of, oh, he's a Muslim, like Peter, right? Tag hunts. And she's just like, he's me. And he's like, Ugh. and you'd be like, all right, someone likes things that you don't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's relationships. You know what I mean? Look, you don't have to like everything. And I think it's the issue with films like this, where you're selling romance, right? You're selling the happy ending, but you are telling people, oh, if someone has a differing opinion, you can't like that person. Or you have to pretend that you like everything they do. Like, she learns how to rock climb in less than a day, which is just like, Mm, not gonna happen, right? Not gonna happen. And here's the thing, right? You can be in shape, but when you, you do any sport that is different to a sport that you do on the reg, you're not going to be good. Not on your first time, right? And or you're just going to be like, hey, I will say, the first time I went rock climbing, right, it was, oh, man. It might have been a 30th birthday party or a 40th birthday party I organized, right? And so booked an indoor climbing wall, right? And everyone loved it. We went. Um, and I got... Right, the thing is, I got up the wall. I then fell off the wall. <laughs> fell off the motherfucking wall on my head. It could be part of the problem. <laughs> but to be honest, I had mad concussions before that moment. So, hey, you know what I mean? The damage was already done. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? I climbed up the wall and then I fell off the wall because you can't perfect, right, and the other thing is, you ache, because you're using different muscles, you're using different muscles, now at the time, I was doing jiu-jitsu, four times a week, gym every day, swimming, I think like four times a week, I mean, I'm just, I was mad active, but Rock climbing is a different animal. So it, it was just things like that, which is just 
what? And then, yeah, it, it's just this narrative of how they're looking at relationships and showing relationships and being like, you have to like the same thing. You have to do this and blah, blah, blah. Right? You have a weed moment in the film, which, again, mad cliched. Mad cliched. Because i got to say, right, this chick, after a joint, she would, like, and it's not like she she smoked, right? So she'd have been paranoid, right? With the, with the energy she was given, she'd have been paranoid like a motherfucker, right? But they want to show it like, hey, man, I'm so cool. And you're like, yo, come on, man. This ain't the 60s, 70s. We know what weed is, right? Why are we doing this shit? Oh, dear. But, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Because, as I said, the performances, the performances were good. The performances were good. The script, the script, it, it was, eh, you know, average. And I think without the shoehorned BS, it, it, it would have stood up more. It would have stood up more. Now, it wouldn't have been tremendous, right? I don't feel it would have been that. But, right, it, it would have, I feel it would have been okay. Right, now, here's the thing, people. Right, so obviously this wasn't for me, right? But they've been better. Like I liked stuff like Just Friends. That's a that's that's an okay Christmas type film for me because it is over Christmas that they hang, right? So I'd say that's probably a Christmas film. Probably I don't know what the fuck here, but you know then you've got like the holiday. You know, again, that's a better one. Um, Love Actually is, it's an odd one, right? Because I think I hate, <laughs> I hate some of the, the, the parts in Love Actually. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it's just the, um, gosh, it's the, uh, What's the one? The um, the Liam Neeson story is horrible. I hate that. Hate that. Right. The uh, the the story with um um uh, Kira Knightley and um, Matthew Lynn Collin. Again, don't don't like that one. Don't like that one at all. And, and the uh, Hugh Grant story. Ugh. I did like the uh, Martin Freeman one. The Martin Freeman and um, the, the the young lady from Gavin and Stacey. I like that. I don't know, man. That, that one felt more genuine. Uh, the Emma Thompson one just killed me. I felt so bad for her, right? Especially because I know it wasn't as recently, but, you know, when she split up with, um, you know, Kenneth Branagh. And I'm like, oh, man, poor Emma Thompson. Oh. But I like that story, right? So I like those ones. 
Now, the, the main one with the singer and all of that, it was stupid, but I didn't mind it, right? So I, I, I liked a few of the stories, but a lot of the stories I was just like, ugh, just too much, just too much. But, hey, now we covered this film last Christmas, right? Um, yeah, I don't know if I've actually got around to uploading that episode to the website. Now it's on Anchor. It's definitely on Anchor. So you can watch it there. And I'm sure it's in iTunes and Spotify if you go down the list. But it, it we, yeah, we, we talked about a New York Christmas wedding, which, hey, that was a really nice film. That was a really nice film. I enjoyed the hell out of that film. So yeah, search the archives, people. Go and check out the interview um, and the review and all of that. And it's on Netflix, so you can go check that out. But um, yes, if you like holiday, um, you know, last Christmas, stuff like that, I feel that this, this will, this will resonate with you more, right? But it's on Netflix, Love Hard, A, you know, go go do your thing, people. I, I, yeah, I feel I've given you enough to make your choice. See, is it for you? Is it not for you? Right? If you sappy Christmas, it's probably for you. All right? So fill your boots. Have fun. There you go. Love. <laughs> Okay, people. So, as we draw to a close on another episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. All right. So, Paramount Pictures, you know what I mean? They've got a couple of big tent poles and both have been pushed back a bit. So, you have the new Transformers film, Rise of the Beasts, which is a restart to that franchise, essentially. So, this one is directed by Stephen Kapal Jr., right? So, um, yeah, it was meant to, uh, yeah, come out on the 24th of June, 2022. It's now, right, coming on the 9th of June, 2023. So a year. Okay, that's kind of crazy, right? Kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. Um, also, Star Trek, their other big franchise, right? That was meant to be on that new uh, Transformers date, the 9th of June. But instead, it will be coming on the 22nd of December, 2023. So... Not, it's not as crazy as Transformers, right? And it means they're gonna have a big film for you know Christmas period, but uh, yeah, also means you get two big uh, things from Paramount in 2023, right? Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, there you go with that one. Um, now, we talk about this film in part two, but 
Finch, which is, uh, you know, just dropped on Apple TV+. Plus. Right, it seems to have been really killing it for the platform. Right, it's their most watched original film today. Right, which is huge. And um, I think the the most watched at the time was Greyhound, which was another Hanks Apple joint. Right, so uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty big. You know, supposedly opened up in a hundred countries and more than doubled its opening day audience as the weekend progressed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that is pretty good for um, Apple. You know, I mean, they're trying to build, right? Now, um, what else do we have? Uh, let's take a look at this. All right. So, um, William Defoe, uh, Emily Watson, Finn Wolfhard, and Helena Zengel. Um, yeah, they are uh, jumping on the Legends of Uchi, right? Which is um, a new film from Isaiah Saxon. Over A24. Uh, it follows a young girl who's played by Zengel who runs away um, from home and lean, learns to communicate with an elusive animal species known as Uchi. So, yeah. you know, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't think that's that, right? Um, other news, right? So uh, MGM are making a film about Jim Jones, right? It's uh, being written by Scott Rosenberg, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's, you know, they're looking to tie up Leonardo DiCaprio to uh, star as Jim Jones. DiCaprio is already on board to produce along with Jennifer Davison, you know, because it's coming from his uh, studio. But um, yeah, I mean, that Jim Jones story was c -c crazy. But, you know what I mean? Uh, like, we've seen so many cults over the years. Right, but yeah, man, he convinced it's like 300 and well, no, 918 people, 304 were kids to kill themselves, right? Which is crazy, crazy. Whew. This is an interesting one, man, because. Hey, Weta have really been killing it, right? They produced the effects for Avatar, Lord of the Rings. I think they've done stuff with Marvel. You know what I mean? Just so many huge films. Weta have been behind the effects. And it sounds like they are soon going to be a part of a Unity, which is a tech firm, right? And Unity are paying 
$125 billion, which is, whew, that's cake. But you can kind of understand because, uh, you know, hey, it's such a huge studio. Such a huge studio, right? So um, other people making moves, Netflix, right? They have signed a big deal with... Um, Core Eda Hirakazu, right, a Japanese director, to make a whole heap of stuff for them, right? He's developing numerous projects, you know, um, big budget films, TV series, and um, a lot more, right? Which, um, yeah, is huge, and supposedly. It is part of a Netflix push into that Japanese market. I mean, we're already getting what two piece and um, what's the other one? Cowboy Bebop. You know what I mean? They did Death Note recently, so yeah, they are really going hard on that one. Um, some other Netflix news, right? So um, Paul Feig has a new film coming, The School of Good and Evil, which is an adaptation of a book from of the same name. Um, and uh, yeah, that cast is filling out, right? So we got Charlie's Baron, Kerry Washington, Sophia Weil, Sophia Anna Caruso, Jamie Flatters, Kit Young, Michelle Yu, Lawrence Fishburne, Patty Lucune, Rob Delaney, Ben Kingsley, Rachel Bloom, and Mark Hey, man, you know what I mean? That is a cost, people. That is a cost, right? And um, hey, some other big news. All right, so uh, Gina Prince-Blythewood, you know, and she, you know, she did what, Old Guard last year? I thought that was last year, right? Well, she has um, her new film, The Woman King, right coming and it's got a release date it's going to be dropping on the 16th of september 2022 right it deals with um the african kingdom of dahomey in the 18th and 19th century you know um and it's starring viola davis fuzu mobedu uh Lashwana Lynch and John Viola. So, from there you go with that. Hey, Steve McQueen, he has um, just announced his new project. It's going to be called Blitz and it's coming through New Regency and Working Title. Right? It's uh, an original idea. But yeah, that's all of what we know. You know, he's keeping it tight to the chest, hoping to get it popping off next year. And um, hey, let's end with this one, right? So, filming on the fourth entry to the John Wick franchise has finished. It's finished, and it looks like we have a title, people, right? 
So it's got, supposedly it's being called Hagakuri. 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 And that, you know, like previous titles, does have a meaning, right? So, um, yeah. Oh, the meaning is the book of the samurai, right? Um, which it was an actual thing, right? It was a collection of text by um, Yamato Yamanoto Tutsunami, right? So um, yeah, first published in 1900. Right, they were from the 17th century. Whew. He was a uh, man, legendary uh, cat from those periods. So it does seem fitting that that would be the title, right? Because John Wick is kind of steeped in kind of samurai lore. So, uh, yeah, there you go, people. That's it for part one. But remember, we have two more parts. So go check them out, people. Have fun. Enjoy. And we will see you shortly. All right. Peace. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to part two. Right. Yeah.